hello everyone welcome back to another episode hey guys <laughs> i'm always like what's she gonna say this time just never know what you get from me. <laughs> um, and today we are joined by one of my favorite people, my therapist, Dr. Tara Griffin. Um, and today she's going to be talking with us about some mental health things and how to handle the times right now and make sure you're taking care of yourself. So with that, we're going to let Dr. Griffin take over. Hello, and thank you, Alana and Samra, for having me. I, as Alana said, I am Dr. Tara Griffin, licensed mental health professional and owner of We Sage Health and Wellness. Um, thank you, She Well Read, for inviting me to speak. And um, we'll be talking tonight about how to handle our mental health, um, especially during a lot of the things that are going on right now. Um, just really quick, We Sage um, Health and Wellness is a movement with a goal to increase awareness and provide services for a holistic approach to mental health. Mm. Uh, my work encompasses all, right? But I have a special place in my heart for diverse populations, especially black and brown people, and especially black and brown women. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm available to all, I'm open to all, um, but I really have a special place in my heart for those populations because I'm a, brown woman or black woman or whatever you want to call me. Hello. <laughs> um, and my approach to mental health and wellness is a holistic approach. And what that means is that we, I focus, we, my uh, organization focuses on the eight dimensions of wellness. And so not only do we provide um, mental health services that focus on emotional wellness, but we provide nutrition, um, fit, fitness, um, spiritual so we're focusing on the eight dimensions of our life, which is our physical, emotional, spiritual, social, intellectual, occupational, financial, and environmental health. And all of those pieces of us have to be in line and nurtured in order for us to live a healthy and well life. Um, I work with clients to create powerful solutions to manage stress, reduce anxiety, and increase their overall well-being. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Um, so to talk about the population that we are focusing on tonight, um, African-Americans, one, I want to say July 1st throughout the month of July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And for that month, I'm going to be doing a campaign where I'm giving out t-shirts, um, that say, I have a therapist to you. Um, hashtag remove the stigma uh, and I'll be wearing one not just because I'm advertising my own movement and campaign but because guess what I have a therapist therapist has a therapist yes right. it, absolutely one of my clients said that last night she's like my therapist has a therapist I said absolutely <laughs> how can I ask you to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do for myself that's a great point. How can I how can I speak to it and say that it really works if I'm not doing my own work mm. and experiencing what I know you can experience by doing my own work, you know? So yes, I do. Um and it helps me to be a better person. It helps me to be a better therapist. Um, it helps me to be a better, you know, professional. Um, it holds me accountable. I told I, you know, saw my therapist yesterday. 
and he, he always tries to fire me. And I tell him, you cannot get rid of me. We're going to die this out. <laughs> I need this. I need this hour every other week. Right. And it's only every other week. Cause I would go weekly. I just don't have the time. Um, but I do call about that time. That's part of my self-care. That's part of my accountability. That's part of my wellness um, plan. And I feel like it's important, especially in the African-American community and especially as African-American women, um, we give a lot, okay? I'm in a helping profession, so I'm giving a lot. Not to mention I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I'm a sister and I'm a daughter. So we wear many hats as women and as black women, we've been told or we've been taught, um, whether directly or indirectly, that we must take on the world and be martyrs. And I'm here to say, no, we don't. <laughs> we must take care of ourselves. You know, we definitely want to nurture our families and be loving women, but we got to put the oxygen mask on us first. Mm. And that's what I'm doing by having my own therapist, putting on my own oxygen mask. I got to feed me so that I can feed the people that I serve, as well as my family. So yeah, it's important. Um, so mental health issues are very prevalent in the, Ameri um, in the African American community um, for multiple reasons. And I'm gonna say that the main two are, we go without being treated and we come already predetermined and pre-stamped with some things that are passed down to us transgenerationally. Mm. What I'm talking about is the 401 years of trauma that we've experienced. Um, and so we already come into this world pre, I don't wanna say predetermined, but we have these things in us. And so we're not only dealing with what's been passed down to us transgenerationally, but what we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. And so let me explain what I mean when I say that. Trauma is um, basically something that I experience as a threat to my well-being, either directly or indirectly. It could be what I experience or what I witness or what I've been told or pictures I've been seen. So if you think about our history, you know, a lot of people are confused and they're like why won't these people stop talking about slavery oh my gosh like it's been over blah, 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 blah. but when we are constantly reminded of these things by the different images that we see and still the systemic you know racism that we experience and if you're like me and you are ha you have black men in your family and everybody does <laughs> then that's another you know factor that, that goes into it. So like my, I have a 26 year old son and an 18 year old son. So not only am I concerned about what I may experience as a black woman, I'm concerned about what they could possibly experience too. So the trauma is, like I said, it's not just what I experienced, but I experienced what you all have experienced if I'm informed about it. And then I also have fear and I'm re-traumatized every time I think about my children going out into the community. Mm -hmm. um, when my son, the oldest one first left to go to college, I was like, listen, he, he went to Tuskegee, do not stop in small towns. Do not, you know, I, I was thinking about like, when did I start having these conversations with them <laughs> about the do's and the don'ts? Don't wear your hood on your head. Don't play your music too loud. 
don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I have great children. I'm sure everybody would say that about their children. Um, but I really do have great children. <laughs> <laughs> Yours are especially great. <laughs> um, mine are especially great. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having these conversations with them. And it's like, what is this making them think? What is this making them feel? What am I saying to them? by saying, you got to watch how black you are. <laughs> because if you're too black, you may get pulled over. You may get questioned. You may be challenged. Um, so that's traumatizing for a mother. You know, I have a black husband who travels up and down the interstate from here to Huntsville every day to go to work. Anybody who lives in Alabama knows 65 North. There's a lot of cook cook clan activity that has taken place over the years there so our trauma is hard to get away from that's my whole point is that you know I'm dealing with my own stuff I'm I've been taught and I've seen what my ancestors have dealt with so those experiences really you know um hit us hard and make mental health issues a more prevalent factor for us. And that's one of the things that Minority Mental Health Awareness Month focuses on is that minorities, and so when you think about African-Americans, not just us, but, you know, the Jewish community, the Hispanic community, any type of generational trauma just come, just, it just makes the whole mental health issue a more prevalent issue. So we have that. So I said there were two things. And then the second reason why it is very prevalent for us is that there's a lot of stigma and a lot of shame. And so that prevents us from seeking services a lot of times. So we go untreated, you know? Um, I know this generation is not really experiencing that as much as like my generation and generations before. It was just not something that you do. You do not go out like to wear a t-shirt and say, I have a therapist, do you? And for me to say this and for Alana to invite me on and say, this is my therapist that I'm having to come do a talk. <laughs> That's like not something that you would do in the past. And so as a result, we don't get the treatment that we need to get. We don't, you know, take care of ourselves the way we need to take care of ourselves. As well as, you know, access to care in certain black communities is also a factor, you know. So um, I have a, a, a couple of statistics that I want to share um, about the mental health of African-Americans. So some other things, those are two things those two things I just mentioned are the two things that I feel like are just profound, but this is some other information. So poverty level affects mental health. Like basically if I don't have my basic needs met, and that's why I focus on mental wellness from a holistic approach, because we need to be, we need to have everything about us attended to. So if I can't eat, if I don't know how I'm going to eat, if I don't have shelter, if I don't have the basic things for survival, then that's stressful, right? That causes a lot of stress. So poverty levels affect mental health in the African-American community. And a lot of our um, people live below the poverty level as compared to others, um, other races. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of death in African-Americans from age 15 to 24. That never used to be something that I, 
a couple of years ago when I was uh, approached with these numbers, I was like, black people don't kill themselves? Where y'all get these numbers from? Mm-hmm. This is made up. <laughs> we don't do that. Um, but when you are stressed and you don't know what to do and you have shame and you have guilt and you have fear and you don't know how to step outside your community to seek help or there's no one in your community to provide that help, then you're helpless and you're hopeless and you feel powerless. And some of our communities are just so downtrodden that there's, you know, people just don't feel like they have out and especially black men um that's not in these numbers but i know from my own research that black men ages 15 to 24 have a high prevalence of suicide right now and they are shooting themselves and hanging themselves so they are not even like okay i'm gonna cut my wrist and i may survive or i may take some pills and i may survive no they're like i'm out wow these are like you know that i'm i'm taking myself out because i don't see a way out Right. Um, And they're truly struggling with so much. Like at that age, your hormones mm -hmm. are affecting Mm -hmm. your emotions as well as what you're seeing in the news and how you are literally targeted. You're not supposed to make it. Like you are literally a statistic. Yes. And um, trying to escape that, you you literally, you can't escape it. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you worry about your son and your husband. And you know, our country hasn't given you a reason to Mm-mm. to be to have any peace Mm-mm. about their safety when they go out into yeah. the world, and you know when they're seen as a threat by everyone, like starting at the age of twelve. You know, no one's no one feels safe, and it's so heartbreaking. It is. That, you know, if I ever wanted just like decide to have kids, that's something I have to contemplate. Mm-hmm. It, like is this you know like the environment I want them growing up in that's scary it is Samra um I'm gonna tell you said you know if you if you have kids you know that's something you have to contemplate and I'll tell you something that I realized and I told my sons a couple weeks ago when all this civil unrest began I said you know one thing that I realized is that we cannot outrun racism and what I mean when I say that is no much no matter how much education we get how big our house is how many cars and fancy how many fancy cars we have we're still in the eyes of some white people just a fill in the blank and what I mean when I say that is when I was young and deciding to have a family I said I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna is, you know, work with my kids and they're going to be, mm. and nobody's going to look at them like they're a threat or any of that. And I'm going to, you know, send them to the best schools, dress them nicely, teach them manners, um, and mm. get them involved and travel. Like, oh my gosh, we've been all over the world. Okay. Um, they're going to, you know, play the piano. There will, there will be no limits to what they have exposure and access to. They're great kids. Again, I, like I said, they're great kids. But depending on who looks at them, like you said, Samra, they look like a threat. Because my black boys are Mendingo kings. Okay? They are black men. Period. 
They what? have muscles. They have facial hair. One has dreads. They are black men. Okay, they look like there's nothing. <laughs> and that's just that on that. That's just that on that. So, a woman, a black woman, or you know, any woman may, will look at them and see beauty. You know, see absolute gorgeousness. Right. Somebody else looks at them and sees a picture of your sons now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we want to see. <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I'm saying that to say, you know, they, where I see beauty and muscles and just a a, a wonderful replica of me, <laughs> someone else looks at that and sees fear, danger, you know, um, and that just saddens me because I'm like, if you talk to them, you will be like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. People, I have people tell me all the time everywhere I go. Oh my gosh, you have the most amazing kids. Oh my gosh, you have the most amazing kids. But depending on who sees them, they're not going to see that. And so, Tamara, it is very disheartening to hear you say what you're saying because I know that it's real. It's real. It's real that um, I just, as you know, being a black mom, raising kids, doing everything I thought, you know, I didn't raise them alone. I, they, I am married. They have a father. <laughs> but as a mother, <laughs> you know, I don't know what he was thinking. But for me, <laughs> I was thinking, okay, I'm going to raise strong black men. Mm, they're going to be, you know, uh, positive, functioning members of society. You know, like one of the Tuskegee grads. And he's the third in the gener in his family, third generation Tuskegee grad. One's um, going off to college in August, and he's driving me nuts about that. Um, and so he's going to be a third generation, Lord willing, um, officer in the military. So um, my other son just got accepted to med well post baccalaureate medical school. Yay! Hey, that's wow. awesome. We love to hear it. Yes. So. Um, yeah, they, they're doing good things. And even if they weren't doing these things, they are, they've not caused us problems. They've just been, you know, good young men. Mm, but wherever me of something like, I keep seeing these videos and the statistic of, you know, like a resume, like two of the identical resumes and one has a name that, you know, sounds black and one has a name that sounds white. Mm -hmm. And this resume gets chosen, you know, a certain percentage more than this mm -hmm. resume. And so like you're saying, like they are great. And like on paper, they have everything going for them. Mm -hmm. but still, like you're saying, like, it's not enough. It's not enough. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's exactly what I realized the other couple of weeks ago when we, the three of us, we were watching all the things that were going on. It was the, um, the weekend that they had the protests in Birmingham. So it was Sunday night and my sons were so funny. Um, a lot of people were asking me like, what are they doing with all this stuff? I know they were kind of like, you're having to keep them calm. And I was like, no, they're, all, they're trying to keep me calm because I'm the militant in the family. <laughs> <laughs> but we're sitting there and we're talking and, I'm, and it just hits me that you can look good on paper, but as soon as you get in front of someone, they are going to start making forming an opinion if they, you know, if they're that person that, that has those thoughts. So 
um, it's, it's very hard. Like as women, we definitely go through some things, but our black men really do struggle. And, um, you know, they're, some of them are so lost and they don't have an identity. And like you were saying, Samra, that this age group is the age when things are really the toughest for them because they're not fully developed. And so they don't have the executive function skills that it takes to really process. And the way we process as black people is not the way black people process. You know, I mean, like we're, there are a lot of similarities. We are all brothers and sisters at the end of the day, but we are still different, right? Um, but our differences is what makes life hard for us. Um, oh, actually, this was on here. I said it wasn't, but the death rate for suicide for African-American men was more than four times greater than for African-American women. And these stats are from 2017. I didn't say that. So that these are very recent, you know, three years ago. Um, the overall rate of African-Americans is 60. I'm sorry, the overall suicide rate for African-Americans is 60% lower than that of non-Hispanic white population. African-American females, grades 9 through 12, were 70% 70, 70 more likely to attempt suicide as compared to non-Hispanic white females the same age. And um, a report from the U.S. Sur US Surgeon General found that from 1980 to 1995, the suicide rate among African American ages 10 to 14 increased. Are y'all ready for these numbers? Never. 233% as compared to 120% of non Hispanic whites. 233%. That's a public health issue. That's a public yes. health crisis. Right. Yes. Crisis. There you go. Thank you, my dear. Correct me. I just had to because I was th that number is astronomical. Like that's it is. Not, that's not an issue. That's a crisis. Crisis. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I can't. From 1980 to when? 1995. Oh, oh my God. So, so that meant that the issue was going on when I thought that it wasn't going on because that's like my group of people, my my generation. Hmm. <sighs> It but it's not on. talked about, you know, like you said, there's that stigma, the dang stigma mm -hmm. that keeps us trapped and, you know, yes. let us explore and see outside the box. Yes. And so, you know, I mentioned about that we don't step outside, of, we don't have help in our, within our community and we don't step outside of our community. And that's one of the reasons why I like what I, to do what I do, because I want people to have this space available to them. And I want them to have this skin color available to them. And I want them to have this gender available to them to see, no, I'm not perfect. Mm -mm. But I'm always working on being better. And I want to demonstrate that things can be better. Um, and I want people who have the skin color to have somebody that they can relate to. I am not saying my white counterparts cannot be great therapists to African-American people, but there are some things that we encounter that some of my white counterparts will not be able to understand or fully grasp, not, and not all of them, because I have some that really know what they're doing. They're very much in tune. They're very culturally um, competent. And um, 
to me, what that means is like they are out there seeking the information and they are recognizing the disparities, the disparities, I'm sorry, and the differences. And they know that it's real. They know that this is real for us. Um, because there's nothing worse than to be sitting in front of someone trying to pour your soul out and express how you feel. They already don't really get you because they're, they didn't come up the way you came up. But then they don't think what you're talking about is real. You know? Right. I could walk out at that point. <laughs> right. And it actually, I came up with this quote a few weeks ago that I was pitching to Samra that I just randomly thought of in one of my shower thoughts. Um, <laughs> we have those. Uh, well, don't we all have those? <laughs> we do. And I said, we are our outreach and support system. No one understands the struggle and pain we go through better than us, the community. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yes. Drop the mic. Right. <laughs> right. But it's so true, like you were saying. It is. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned before, there are resources that are out there, but for some reason, our people are not getting them. So why are they not getting them? You know? Um, and I think more than anything, it is that stigma and it is getting connected to the right services. You know, the services where you are respected and provided gold standard care, gold standard care. I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have. You still get, you get, you may have to seek services at a community mental health center because of your finances, but these services are gold standard, you know? And so one, one of the things that I want to do at some point is to be able to provide um, some mental health, some community mental health services that are gold standard because typically community mental health services are not. And so what, um, what I provide is private services. Um, and so community mental health, that's like going to the health department, right? And there's nothing wrong with that as long as people that are there are providing concierge services, not a la carte. <laughs> I have been to some community. Well, I've tried to go to some community therapists and I'm, I've actually been turned away from them because I guess I'm like too much to handle for them. <laughs> Explain. Like, what does that I mean? I don't know. Like they have me fill out um like a survey and they you know ask me a bunch of questions about what's happened in my life in the past year and you know just like intro basic questions mm -hmm. and I'll fill it out and they come back and they're like we can't help you. That's strange. <laughs> Yeah, and they're, they're, they, like, will end up referring me to other clinics and things, like, for more mm -hmm. intensive care, and, like, sometimes even things where I will have to check in, you know, and, like, lit. It's crazy what they have me thinking, but, you know, I was searching for a therapist for a really long time and kept having issues with either my health insurance not working out with them or um not not really vibing with the therapist you know mm -hmm. like uh so it was a really difficult process and really 
frustrating at times, but I found someone that I really, I've been working with now and it's been great. That's good. But it is like, it's hard. Those community based services, they're just not equipped to handle everyone or everyone. Yeah, they're not. So that is something that I, um, that is one of my passions that I would like to come up with at some point. Um, but I can't do it all. Home wasn't built in a day. <laughs> So I just start, I, I start here and, um, I'll, you know, as time progresses, I will definitely, you know, expand. Um, so I wanted to, you know, outside of seeking services from a professional, what are some things that we can do for ourselves, you know, to take care of ourselves and, um, just some basic things that are just like, okay, well, that's simple enough. Getting enough rest. Um, like getting and getting quality. So it's, it's, there's more to this than just quantity. Um, <laughs> I was like, is that my time? <laughs> no, 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 we have about three minutes left. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we really do need all of, all of your helpful tips on how to get ourselves right. So please. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, eight, you know, you know, standard eight hours of sleep, but we want quality sleep. So I encourage clients who have sleep problems to create a sleep hygiene or sleep routine. And that basically is 30 minutes to an hour before you go to sleep, no screen time. That means no watches, no phones, no computers, no tablets, no nothing, because there's a blue light in those screens that simulate us. So it makes it hard for us to come down and to relax. So we need about 30 to 30 minutes to an hour where we're not being stimulated by anything in order to get good quality sleep. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, maybe, you know, some people take showers or drink some nice good tea. Um, and these are simple things that you can buy like at Walmart, like chamomile, lavender, um, not a really expensive um product to purchase, um, exercise and exercise is simple. None of these things, you don't have to go out and spend a million dollars. All this stuff is free, basically outside the tea, but you can get that for like $5. I'll give you $5. <laughs> <Okay>. I'm so good. <laughs> you know what? I put my gym membership to save a little money and you know, I walk outside, I've got like a free gym. You have a free gym. Exactly. It's so sleep. Um, and just making sure you create a good sleep routine, a good, you know, and of course these things are not like perfectionist, you know, when I'm looking for perfectionism, like just 75 to 80% of the time, get it right, you know, so that you're resting well. But this is good for your mental health, right? Um, Cause when you're not rested, you're cranky and you're irritable and your frustration tolerance is really low. You know, when you think about a window, if you're not, taking care of yourself the way you need to take care of yourself, your, your irritability and all that is, you know, you don't have a good tolerance for things. Um, and so exercising, walking, it doesn't have to be the strenuous routine. You don't have to join a boot camp or do any of that kind of stuff. Just 10 to 30 minutes of consistent walking. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's really good about exercise, it's multifaceted. It helps with mental health, but it's good for 
physical health as well. Um, and where it helps with mental health is it gets those endorphins going in your brain, but it also helps us to process um, information better. So there's a type of therapy called EMDR and it's bilateral stimulation. And so basically it's um, the premises that the, the science behind is that when we are doing bilateral, bilateral movement, that means using both sides of our brain, that we're processing things a whole lot better. <clears throat> so I don't know if either of you have ever like taken a walk or taken a run or done anything where you were doing a left, right, left, right, left, right. I got to make sure I'm <laughs> 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 uh, Left, right movement. And you were thinking about something and you gained more clarity once you were done with the activity. Um, because in talk therapy, you only use one side of your brain. But when you're doing a bilateral movement, you're using both sides of your brain. So you are activating the entire brain as you're processing through things. So it is very, um, exercises, I just cannot speak enough about. Just, just a simple walk mm. and how okay. wonderful that is. It's funny you mention a walk because I started walking on my lunch breaks and I uh -huh. found that it helps me process, clear my head, and kind mm -hmm. of fresh going mm -hmm. into the second half of my work day. Whereas if I just like stay, like eat lunch in my office and, mm -hmm. you know, like watch a YouTube video while I'm mm -hmm. eating lunch or something, you know, it just, I, the rest of the day, I feel like groggy, sluggish, mm -hmm. you know, headaches start coming in. Mm -hmm. I need a second cup of coffee. So yeah. Yeah. And so burning energy makes energy. Uh, I mean, a simple walk is so helpful for you. Um, well, I've been, I started walking in the morning and I'm trying to incorporate a 30 minute time as well, but I'm not doing too well with that. <laughs> but the morning one is good because it gets me moving and going and gets my blood circulating and everything. Um, and then being outside helps us as well so breathing in fresh clean air getting in some sun um, vitamin d is a natural mood emotion stabilizer it is um that's one of the vitamins that we um would prescribe someone <clears throat> who's having some depression you know we want to make sure that they have a good dose of vitamin d going on in their body so you can get a good, you know, you can get it naturally. You don't have to take a supplement, get it naturally by what we eat and by just spending some time outside. So good sleep, good exercise, good exercise is going to make you sleep well. There's a um, gut mind correlation. So what we put in our body affects how we feel. Too much sugar, too much caffeine, too much fat, too much, all that stuff. That's not good for us make us sluggish, make us, you know, not sleep well, causes issues. So it's not, that's, this is why I say there's a holistic approach to this mental wellness, because just these three little things I've talked about, nutrition, sleep, and exercise, you get those good, you'll improve your mental health <laughs> just by doing those three little simple things. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be on a diet. No, I'm not saying join a gym. I'm not saying don't have a social life and go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm not saying um, 
go on a diet and eat only be, become a vegetarian. You know, if that's what you want to do, do that. But what I am saying is make healthier choices, reduce the processed foods, put in organic foods from the ground. You will feel a whole lot better. You'll feel a whole lot better. The other thing is um, just social, not just, but social activity. Um, I am a firm, firm, firm believer in removing the negativity. That means people too, mm. even if they're family. Snaps <laughs> mm. for that one. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> so we want to centralize ourselves around people who are like-minded. Um, they don't have to we don't have to agree on everything, right? Like we've had an enjoyable conversation, the three of us. Like you guys are not my age. You know, you wouldn't want to hang out with me, but (laughs) (laughs) But we, but we are like-minded. And so we're feeding off each other. We're pouring life into one another. And that's what you want to be around. People that pour life into you, not people that are sucking the life out of you like a leech. So company that we keep is important it's important to our mental health it really is um and i say family and i know that's a big taboo in the black community okay i don't want me ma and and my dear and all them to be calling me saying don't be saying that that. don't call me (laughs) don't worry about it it. (laughs) (laughs) if you're negative you're just negative okay um work on that (laughs) <laughs> and then you can be around some people. Um, I'm not saying that you don't have relationships pe- with people, but you want to just monitor those relationships and minimize, minimize those interactions, those negative interactions. So, mm. um, you know, I mean, everything's not going to be all fun and games. We can't laugh all the time, but laughter is good for the soul. Oh my gosh. I think um, Alana knows that about me. Like, you're not getting ready to have a session with me where you're not going to be like, Laughing at me, if nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you want to be with people where you can have fun and enjoy. And um, just like I said, pouring life life into one another, um, nurturing relationships. We want to be in nurturing, healthy relationships where we're thriving. Um, That's so important. Um, Relationships where we can see the gratitude and we can be affirmed and confirmed, you know about who we are and who we're trying to be. So um, relationships with others are important like that, but also a relationship with ourselves. So we want to like spend time with ourselves, get to know ourselves, love ourselves, loving kindness, self-compassion. Um, I love people. I love, 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 love people. But I don't love nobody more than I love Dr. Kara. Boy, I tell you, I love me some Dr. Kara. She is something else. I like to spend time with her. <laughs> I, I like her too. <laughs> why you want to? I like to spend time with her. Um, she can be hard on herself sometimes, but she knows how to celebrate herself too. So we have to be the friend to ourselves that we are trying to be to others. Like I can't give all this love and compassion to other people and not be able to pour it back into me too. So um, you know give ourselves grace, um, get rid of some of the negative chatter and the negative self-talk that we have going on, replace that with affirmations, you know, I am worthy, 
I am kind. I am wonderful. I am fantastic. You know, whatever you have negative going in your going on in your mind, reframe that. You know, like if you, oh my goodness, I'm so stupid. No, I'm very smart. I'm very intelligent. And improve that to yourself. Think of those times when you are able to solve problems. You're able to make things happen for yourself. You're able to win. Um, you didn't get to be at this stage in your life by just being a pea in a pod. <laughs> you wouldn't, you're not just hanging out. No, you've been actively engaged with life and you've done some things that you, that, that were good. You know, you've done some things well, not all, but you've done some good things. So cool on those. Um, intellect. Intellect is good. It's good for us to watch the news just a little bit. Do social media just a little bit. <laughs> you know, we want to stay connected. We want to stay informed. Um, knowledge is power. But we want good information. We want good resources. Like this podcast. These ladies. They're bringing you some great information. Some um, The people that they have been interviewing have been vetted. Like, you know, the, they're bringing you people who have expertise in areas. And that's what you want. You know, you want um, to make sure that you're tapping into resources of information that's real, um, not fake news, as our president always says. Uh <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, like his tweets really kill me because you like, all can uh, you all can edit that out. <laughs> yeah, so just like law and order, and it's like shut up, like <laughs> do please. your job, right. And get off of social media. <laughs> right. um, but it's, it, we want to like, you know, just strengthen our minds. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. Exercise it. You exercise it by reading, by doing something. You know, like I want to learn how to play piano. Now, people probably don't want to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, just find some things that you want to do that you've never done before and tap into those things. Um, spiritual. And by spirituality, I don't mean religion and I'm not against religion. I'm just saying spirituality is bigger. It is more holistic, holistically involved. Um, it is about a relationship with you and a higher power. Um, it is about having a sense of purpose and a mean, living a meaningful life. Like these two young ladies, they're just doing the do. They're out there making great things happen. This is meaningful and purposeful work. They're trying to pour into others' lives. And so that is a, that's on a spiritual level, okay? This is spirituality at its finest, you know? Like minds coming together, sharing wonderful ideas, and trying to figure out ways to make humankind better, you know? So Because my soul does feel, like, happy when I have these types of conversations absolutely this may this stuff is feel good stuff okay um i feel like getting emotional all day <laughs> because we're pouring into other people and it does make the soul feel good um when i'm not sitting at home thinking about oh what's wrong with my life and how come it's not da, 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 but i'm focusing on making others or helping others to feel better that makes me feel good that makes me feel that makes me feel like I'm living on a higher plane and I'm serving a purposeful and passionate life. Oh, by the way, though, I, I have a chapter with um, 15 other artists or authors um, 
and it's uh, um, my chapter is um, the evolution of Dr. Tara creating a purposeful and passionate life. Hmm. Girl, send us the like excerpt or whatever, whatever you can do. It's um, a woman's journey embracing change to pursue purpose. That's the name of the book itself. Okay. A woman's journey, embracing change to pursue purpose. And so then we each all, each have a um, chapter in that, in the anthology. So <clears throat> occupationally, you know, just trying to um, choose something that we want to do that's based on skills that we have, that's fulfilling, and that'll make us some money. Right. <laughs> the college class because really that's it and like it will stress you out about like what's your major what are you going to do with that major like what are you planning on doing what's your five-year ten-year plan like you know it's crazy just live <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan just live and that sounds so simple um but when you get to be about my age, you really, and hopefully you'll get, you guys will get this before you get too much. I think you got it already because you're doing what you do. But you'll realize, yeah, you need to have a plan, definitely, because I'm a plan in person. But you got to live. You got to enjoy life. And that's what this holistic plan is all about, is living and enjoying everything about life. Slowing down to smell the roses, doing a little bit of exercise along the way, getting you some good rest at night getting up and, you know, going to a, a job, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, for some, it's, you know, something that's multi-million dollar for some, for others, it's not, you know, we have various levels and degrees of abilities and skills. And so we do the best we can with what we have. Right. right. Um, and then environment, you know, one thing that I, I want African-Americans to do is clean up our environment, take pride in where we live. You know, take pride in um, our environment, our, you know, just making where we live peaceful. Um, and we, we can do that. We don't need white privilege or anything else to help us figure that part out. But yeah, we taking um, pride in our living environment is important. Um, being a part of nature, like, I have a lot of clients that go on hikes and I'm like, I want to go on a hike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, getting out there and getting involved in nature, being a part of nature, but also creating a peaceful and safe environment is important. Um, because when you have to live amongst a bunch of distress that causes stress, you know, when I don't feel safe, where I live, when I can't walk outside, that's stressful. Um, and that's if I think more than anything, if I could take something away for my my people, is those environments where things are just so dangerous and so chaotic. Um, but I think if you remove some of that and give people a safe place to exist. It gives, us a, it gives them a whole new perspective on life and a whole new perspective on who they can be. I think you can actually focus on being something. You know what I'm saying? You can actually get out of survival mode. And I think that's part of where we have been for 401 years. It's just trying to make it. 
just trying to survive. And I just, I want for us to be able to get past that. And I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime. Um, but I have hope that women like you too and others out there are going to um, help us create something that's um, going to bring about peace and bring about a place where we can really thrive and be the best creative wonderful people that got placed on this earth so right. I think we touched on everything um, as far as my holistic plan for wellness and go get a therapist yeah go get a therapist this isn't about a mental um, illness when I say that it's it's about just having that safe place you know yesterday I was telling my therapist this is my safe place this one hour Every other week out of my life, I get to go and just be transparent, be vulnerable, be who I want to be and not be judged by no one. Mm. And just let it out. And just let it out. Because I did yesterday. <laughs> he said, girl, you know you'd be working. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I tell, Samra can probably tell you, I say it all the time, like, therapy, we love to see it. We love going to therapy. We love crying in therapy. We love feeling in therapy. Yeah what therapy is and therapy doesn't necessarily mean you have you know something mental going on with you it can no. just to talk just to talk just, just to talk yes yeah third party person mm -hmm. doesn't really know you like that for real but mm -hmm. can get to know you and get to understand you the way you want to be understood absolutely oh my goodness that is so amazingly so that was so amazingly said and so true and that's the epitome of it like I don't even talk about mental illness diagnoses very much with my clients. I'm looking, I'm not looking at them as a problem. I am mm. looking at them as someone who's trying to create solutions for their lives, who are, who are faced with issues that we all are faced with every day. None of us, none of us are immune to the challenges that the next person faces. We all are, you know, going to encounter something similar or the same along the way, but how we deal with it is what makes us different. And that's where I feel like therapy helps to give us the tools to help us talk through, you know, again, I'm sorry to keep talking about myself, but I talked to my therapist yesterday and he was telling me something. I was telling him how I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I don't know why they just talk so talk. I don't know. He reminded me of something. I was like, oh. I am Dr. Tier, as smart as I am. I totally forgot about that. Like, it just brought me back and made me remember and reminded me. Sometimes we just need to kind of talk things out, like Alana was saying, and just have somebody. He didn't judge me. He just said, you know, I think you may remember this from um, training. It was something that we've been trained on, okay? And I said, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Listen to me on my high horse. I don't know why they said so. so. Uh, <laughs> and then I remembered. And then it, it was helpful for me to see that because it get like I told you all in the beginning, it make, this makes me a better person, okay? This makes me a better therapist. It holds me accountable to humankind. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not kidding with you when I say this stuff now. This is, this is gospel. Okay. 
take it to the bank. You can, you can cash it in. <laughs> right, right. I like that you say that, you know, the fact that you are growing every day too and becoming a better therapist. That's something that I think that's really special in a therapist. Yeah. And so might I add, I'm still growing and becoming better after 20 something years. I'm not a novice therapist. I've been doing this a long time, but I'm learning something every day. <laughs> and I'm not only am I learning my own therapy, but I learn from my clients. My clients teach me something all the time. I bet I I'm paying it to you do. <laughs> I'm paying attention. I am. I'm listening to them when they think I'm probably not. You know, I'm hearing things and picking up on things, you know, along the way. And, you know, for real, what I learned was that this was a brilliant young woman who was working with another brilliant young woman to make some changes in our community. So oh. that's amazing. Man. I'm just glad that we've met, you know, like, I feel like you, Alana has talked so much about you. So being able to feel your spirit over this Zoom meeting, it's just been very, it's been very special, beautiful time. I really, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. And that will be, this is wrapping up our mini series. This is the last episode of the series. Um, oh. Sarah and I have discussed, this is not something we want to just happen and be done with it. This is an ongoing conversation. These things are happening every day, whether we're talking about them or not. So mm -hmm. with that, you know, if you are someone who has something to say, who wants to contribute to this conversation, please reach out to us. And Samra, you know what I'm about to do. Uh, email us at shewellreadqa at gmail.com. And we will be happy to work with you and do a just a conversation like this or any of the other amazing interviews that we've done in this series. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a great time. I am so thankful that you all invited me. I, um, as you can tell, love to talk. So <laughs> that's okay. So do we we're podcasters. I'm so thankful that you know to have the invite to come out and speak about something I'm so passionate about. Um about a people that I'm so passionate about. Um my people. So, you know, as I told you all offline, if you ever need anything, please reach out and um I will do what I can to pour into you um what you're pouring out into the community and if I don't have it I'll find somebody <laughs> I believe it I believe it, <laughs> believe it. <laughs> Samra do you have any final words before we wrap this up no no uh, take care <laughs> <laughs> on the spot well with that um, we will see you guys when we start dropping podcast episodes again. Be sure to subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms. You can find us anywhere at She Well Read. And we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read.
And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. And subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.